Okay, I want to talk to you about, um, for just a, a couple minutes here, about actually hearing God's voice, the word of God. Coming to the table to hear a word from God. David says in Psalms uh, 139, 17, I had some funny jokes, by the way, and I'm cutting them all, so just know. And now that I say that, I'm so tempted to just tell jokes and go home. No, I can't do it. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I'm still with you. God is always not just thinking towards you, but is speaking towards you. Numerous, countless thoughts. God has a thought about every single area of your life. Every single decision, God has a thought. And I love that there's no effort on David's part here to to conjure up a word from the Lord. When I wake, I'm still with you. As in, when I'm not awake, you're speaking. And then I wake up, and you're still speaking. Countless. I, I like to think of it like when it's snowing, those big, giant snowflakes outside. And they're coming so slow and gentle. And what I always do when it's like that is I go outside, I turn my face up, and I stick my tongue out. <laughs> and it's like, man, if God is dropping these thoughts on our lives... And how often am I just too busy, too busy to hear? Um, and I want to attack another, a lie here that we believe in the church. Some of us believe that God only speaks to certain people. I, I want to go to, to Numbers. Numbers 11, verse 26 now, the story here is um, they're appointing elders under Moses. Moses has been in charge, just Moses, over this whole nation. And it's like, ugh, he, can't, he can't do it all. His father-in-law is like, hey, you're going to kill yourself trying to do all this. You need to appoint people to lead with you and all of that. So anyway, they're doing, they're doing some of that. They're appointing elders. And the Holy Spirit falls on this group of people. And they begin to prophesy. And then uh, here's what happens in, uh, start, in verse 26. It says, Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad. Eldad and Medad walked into a bar. And the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent. And so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. Here's the point of that story. Some of the leaders said, Whoa, 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 whoa. These guys aren't elite enough to hear from God what are they doing we need to stop them from from hearing and speaking God's word and Moses says don't you get it 
God's plan is that everyone would prophesy. God's word is for everyone. When Jesus was tempted, do you remember the first temptation was to turn stones into bread? If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And you remember what Jesus said. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God proceeds. As in not, and it's not came from the mouth of God. Comes. As in proceeding, as in continually coming. And I think of the word of the Lord like manna, where today's word is for today, and then he'll, he has a word for tomorrow and the next day. Remember we talked about Abraham and Isaac and how grateful Isaac is that Abraham got a new word from God. Because Abraham's original word was sacrifice your son, right? And so he's got the knife over his head like this, and the, he got a new word, a fresh word from God. In the moment, stop. Good word. Isaac's like, yes, amen. I testify. I, 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 I can confirm that word is from God. So we, don't, we live on the word of God. Here, Jesus hasn't eaten in 40 days, and he's saying, I don't need bread. I need a word. That's why, you, you, that's why we fast. That's why we do those things like 40-day fast. I want to tune into heaven. I want to get a word from God. And we're saying, Lord, your word is more important to me than bread. And then we, we go to Hebrews, and it says that the sprinkled blood speaks a better word. So God's word is bread and God's word is the blood. It says it speaks a better word than Abel, than the blood of Abel. Uh, you know what the blood of Abel spoke? Guilty. His brother was literally caught red-handed. Blood on his hands. And the blood of Abel said guilty. But the blood of Jesus says not guilty. Innocent, clean, free. So God's word is bread, and God's word is the blood. So when we come to the table, we're coming for a word from heaven. We're coming to hear again, free, forgiven, set apart, holy unto me, loved, cherished, provided for. We could go on and on and on about what, what, the, what words God is speaking at the table. I was just, as I was preparing, I just kind of off the top of my head, I said, what happens when God speaks? And if you look at your Bible, you can think of several things that happen when God speaks. When God speaks, worlds are created. When God speaks, bodies are healed. When God speaks, shame is lifted. When God speaks, storms are stilled. There's a scripture that says, when God speaks, he acts. I love that. God doesn't just say something, but he says something 
to let us know this is what I'm doing. There is, there is power in his word because he speaks it and he does it. In Colossians, it says, I think it's Colossians, where it says he holds the whole universe together by the word of his power. When he speaks, he acts. When God speaks, faith comes. We don't, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So when, when the word of the Lord comes in a room, like let's say, let's say we're in the middle of worship and somebody says, man, I just really feel, the, I hear the Lord saying he wants to heal cancer. When that word comes, if you could picture it, like the word brings with it faith. And so when we receive the word, all of a sudden now in the room, there's faith to see cancer healed. Another scripture says that God's, when God speaks to you, he lifts you and he puts you on your feet. When God speaks, victory happens. Scripture says, when God speaks, the heavens and the earth tremble. In the Old Testament, when, when uh, one of the prophets spoke the word of the Lord, dry bones turned into an army. When God speaks, stuff happens. we don't have the word of the Lord, we don't have anything. We don't have life. We, we will die if we don't have God's word, if we don't have the word. I can tell you in my life, there have been several times where, you know, I had, I had the word. I was blessed enough to be raised in a home where I knew the, I, I was raised in the word of God. I knew the Bible. Bible sword drill, king, Bible quiz, king, like, I knew the Bible. But I can remember as a 12, 13-year-old boy, I was standing in line to get prayer from a prophet. And I knew in my heart that I wasn't walking with the Lord fully. And I knew there was some undealt with sin in my life. And I'm standing in line waiting for my turn to get prayer, to get a word from the Lord. And my heart is pounding because I'm so nervous. Like, what is God going to say? Because I knew, I knew God had called me from a young age. I knew God's plan for my life. I knew, I knew what was right. I knew what was wrong. I knew, I knew, and I knew I wasn't walking in it. And I'm standing in line. I'm waiting to hear the word of the Lord. And, I, and finally, it's my turn. And I am so nervous. I just want to throw up. My knees are shaking because I know what God should say to me. And the simplest word from God. He just said, Nathan, I love you. And like, that's not profound. Like, I knew that, John 3, 16. I know that he loves me. But when he speaks it, like when he put my name to it, when he speaks it to my heart, like that's what, when I read my Bible, I read until he speaks. I read until I hear the voice because it's his word, not, not just the word, but a word from his mouth is what is my bread. And he spoke and something inside of me was set free with the simple words, I love you. 
I can remember a few years ago when uh, my wife was pregnant and we ran into some difficulty in the, in the pregnancy and we, we got an ultrasound and there was uh, big problems. And uh, we went to Spokane to get an ultrasound and we get the ultrasound and the, normally the ultrasound tech doesn't tell you anything. They just take all the pictures and then the doctor comes in and tells you. But the, the technician just told us there's no heartbeat. And uh, it was a long, quiet, awkward, painful drive home from Spokane. And I dropped my wife off. On the way home, while I was driving, she called the hospital to schedule her uh, delivery. And I dropped her off to take a nap. I went to the church. I said, God, I need a word. I just need a word. This really sucks, but I know if, if you can just speak something into this situation. And I wish I, I wish he would have said, come alive, but he didn't. But I can remember that time of prayer, and I'll never forget it. It's actually a gift to me that I got to be that raw and that real before the Lord and to sacrifice that kind of pain, that depth of pain, to be able to come to the Lord with that kind of pain was kind of an It was not kind of. It was an honor to come to the Lord with that pain. And I just felt the Lord simply say, I'm a good father and you can trust me. And all of a sudden, the storm in my heart, the chaos, the pain, all of that was like settled. Like, okay, that's right. He's good. And I said, okay, I can go through anything if I have a word. I can go through anything if I have a word. So my challenge today is very simple. Um... I just want to challenge you to make room for God to speak. Terry talked about it. In Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, one of the practices we do is stillness and silence before the Lord. The uh, Desert Fathers, way, way back in church history, they, they, they adopted this practice. They call it contemplative prayer, where you just come before the Lord. You don't pray a word. You're, you're not coming to, to get an answer to a problem. You're not coming for, for a solution to something. You're not even coming for a word. You're just coming to be with him. And in that practice, whenever I try it, every day, I am confronted with how noisy my heart is, how busy my mind is, how difficult it is to just shut everything off and say, Lord, I'm, I have no agenda. I just want to take two minutes. I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to be with you. I'm just going to enjoy you. I'm not here for a word, but I always receive a word. 
I'm telling you, if God's word is your bread, don't starve. Don't let yourself starve. How many Christians are starving when there is an infinite supply of bread? So I was going to take communion, but, uh, and you can take it all. I suppose you can do drive through communion today. But instead, <laughs> take it to go. Uh, Instead, I actually just want to, I want to take two minutes in silence before the Lord. I want to practice the presence of God. And you know what? God spoke through a donkey. God spoke to children. God spoke uh, through, God spoke to Saul when he was murdering Christians. God not only can speak to you, God will speak to you. And by the way, if you have that belief that God can't speak to you, you th- it sounds like humility to you, but actually it is the worst kind of pride. I am so uniquely broken in a way that no human ever has been broken. I'm so broken that God is too weak to speak to me. No. God can speak to you. God is speaking to you. And God will speak to you. And God is able to speak to you in a way you can hear. You you can't get your heart hard enough for him not to speak to you. So, we're going to take two minutes of silence before the Lord today. Stop. Slow down. Breathe in, breathe out, don't ask him a question. And when your mind wanders, because it will, in two minutes you will go, you will run a marathon in your mind in two minutes. I guarantee it. That's okay. A, a, a rabbi once said that, uh, or a, a, yeah, a, no, a monk. This is a, a, among the monks that practice this, this practice of silence and stillness, contemplative prayer. They have this saying. If your mind wanders a thousand times in a minute, that's a thousand opportunities to come back to Jesus. And every time he welcomes you, there's no shame. There's no, he's not upset. So just pick, pick, a, pick a simple prayer. Like for me, I say Abba, which is like Papa. And so when my mind wanders, I just say Abba. And it kind of brings me back to Jesus. You can say Jesus, or I love you, or Father. Here I am, Lord. Just one little phrase. And so we're going to take two minutes. You just start with that. Just, Abba. And then just wait on the Lord and see what he might have to say to you today. All right? Here we go.
Lord, we enjoy your presence. You are our inheritance. And you have made us a kingdom of praise unto our God. And our purpose is to glorify you and to enjoy you forever. Lord, we reject the spiritual welfare state that would seek to put a man or an institution in between you and your people. You speak to your people. And we slow down. We still our hearts. And we open up the gates of our hearts. you to come in and speak your words of life. May we be a people who don't live on bread, but we live on the word of the living God. We enjoy you. We glorify you. Receive your word into our hearts today. Amen. <sighs> Nap time. <laughs> this uh, daylight savings thing was brutal today. You guys are so good. I was, whoo. Anyway, have an awesome week. Take time to get the word of God, get the word of the Lord. And if you would, if you would join me, let's pray and ask the Lord what he's asking us to give, to bless Dr. Opara. Come, come ready to be a giver next week. Awesome. Love you guys.